We've got a story from the Uber producer, Mr. Mark Ristich, and it turns out he used to have a little bit of a pest problem. Space. That's what I needed. I told Dirk, I'm coming out to New York. Rent me a music studio where I can live, where no one will bother us, and the ideas can just flow. And he did it in Greenpoint, Brooklyn, right next to the sewage treatment plant. Across from a 24-hour body shop that spray-painted taxis nonstop, I smelled it before I saw it, and then I saw it. An old foundry abandoned by a sculptor. I rolled open the steel door... 40-foot-high ceilings, a huge area for music, one smaller area upstairs for sleeping. The big room, it had no light, just two small windows 20 feet in the air. It was perfect for keeping hostages. Out back, there was a concrete garden of failed sculptures. But the air, the air, the sewage treatment plant at the end of the block smelled like a sewage treatment plant at the end of the block. Dirk, this is perfect, man. You know, he was worried, but you see, we had amps, mics, guitars. We plugged in, and the place transformed. When Dirk went home, I crashed in my bunk upstairs. There, right over the heater, the sculptor made a small platform bed in a tiny alcove. And as the body shop banged all night long, the paint fumes put me to sleep. The next day, I got a job, but just to pay the bills, that's it. Nothing was going to interrupt my flow. Work jam, work jam. When I wasn't doing that, I worked on my novel. I hung out with my characters. The only problem was, they were all dudes. And then one day, I got a letter from a girl I met just before I left. I wrote back. She wrote more. Soon, I stopped writing the novel, and I just wrote love letters. Finally, she confessed. I want to move to New York, just like you. Well, you can live with me, but understand, this is Bohemia. She moved in, and while Dirk and I jammed downstairs, she typed cover letters upstairs. Anyway, as it got colder at night, whenever we ran the heater, we would hear a little scritchy scratch under the bed. The heater kicked on, scritchy scratch. The heater off, silence. She said, I think we got mice. We could get a cat, but no, she was allergic. So instead, for peace of mind, she just started calling it Furry. I'd come home to an empty cupboard, and she'd say, Furry ate the chips. Look, don't call him Furry. It's not a pet. These things carry disease. So I put out mouse traps, but Furry wouldn't touch him. And I could tell she was secretly pleased by this. At night, she'd get on her pajamas, and she'd say, Good night, Furry. Good night. And Furry would scratch back. I didn't like it, but we never saw Furry, so it was an arrangement. So anyway, work jam, work jam, Bohemia got old pretty fast. For her. One night we went to bed knowing the relationship was doomed. But that next morning in bed, I heard a very loud scritchy scratch. In the room. I flipped around and I saw it. A moving bag of popcorn 30 feet away on the bench. Furry. I picked up the book at my bedside, and I flung it like a tomahawk at the bag. Furry popped out, and he scrambled back between a row of boxes. I hop up, grab a mop, and then I pry apart the boxes. A very long tail is sticking out. 
I turned the mop around like a spear, and then I stabbed it into the shadows. Furry screamed. Then he made a shrieking dash for a hole under the bed, but before he got there, I bludgeoned him with the fat end of the mop. I didn't need to tell her how big Furry was. She'd hurt him. So I went and got a shoebox, and I placed Furry inside. I covered him up, and it was over. But then, just to see, I turned on the heater. Scratchy scratch. Scratchy scratch. I had a whole family of furries under the floorboards. She wouldn't stay there. She came to work with me that day. At lunch, I went out and got rat poison. The guy said, you don't really want to use that because they die in the walls and they smell and you get flies. But I had no choice. By night, the poison was eaten. Then, I waited a day for them to die. I returned with these noxious industrial-sized bug bombs to take care of the flies. I set them off, and I ran out. I wouldn't go back there for three days. When I entered, the air was full of death. The floor was covered in dead flies. And there I am, cleaning this mess up with a push broom and a snow shovel, and I knew I'd done it. I'd done it. Nothing could live in this place anymore. Not even me. I came home and I told her, I'm done. I'm done with work jam, work jam, bohemia. I'm just going to work. So we pooled our money, and by the holidays, we rented a brownstone apartment in Park Slope. We even bought a little Christmas tree, and she called it Sprucey. And every night, at bedtime, she would say, Good night, Sprucey. Good night. You are listening to Snap Judgment, and to hear more stories, visit snapjudgment.org.